0: Delivering all the news, the informed views and just telling great motorsport stories since 2003. Powered by theracetalk.com. This is On The Grid. G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of On The Grid here on mypodcasthouse.com or whatever you're listening to us on, including the radio show Limited's RS1. Thank you so much for joining us. A big show coming up. This week, a little bit later on in the show, we'll be joined by Tom Archulli from Doric and also Mark Walker, Richard Crowell as well to join me to review what happened in a pretty big weekend up at Sydney in the wet. It was, uh, of course, the first round of the supercars for 2022 but let's kick off the show with a really great interview richard crail catching up with george Medici to have a chat about his life in motor racing and also the fact that he'll be stepping into a car with marcus ambrose for the bathurst six hour let's find
1: out what that's all about richard
0: there's more great motorsport stories coming next
1: on the grid. All right, you're listening to On the Grid, a full debrief of the weekend supercar action still to come, but first let's talk touring car masters because they put on a great show on the weekend. They might have lost a race, but gee, the racing they got was sensational. And the man that won the weekend in his second start in the category for white line racing joins us on the other end of the line. His name is George Mediki. George, welcome and congratulations.
2: Thanks, mate. Yeah, it was uh uh, I, I wasn't, I don't know if I was expecting it. I was hoping for it. Um, and, you, you know, mate, you always want to do the best you can, but those guys have got so much experience. You know, you're talking Johnson and Dow and Hansford and and all these amazing um, competitors, the Canavic and, and those guys that I've, you know, Marcus and I have raced together for years. But mm. uh, to come in and go, well, I'm, I'm well chuffed, mate. You know, it's great.
1: Just tell me about racing those guys. I, and I know you've known jb and steve and ryan and marcus as you said for a long time but jb and your old man went wheel to wheel in the turbocharged sierra day so is it a little bit strange you doing the same thing 30 odd years down the road
2: kind of but it was actually um uh, jb was was pretty early in telling dad to take my racing seriously actually because i i remember we were racing it was like 2008 australian manufacturer championship which at those times was production cars and uh, we had a little hyundai tiburon which is what i'd started my racing in and i'd gone from sort of doing it myself in 2006 to having full manufacturer backing in 2008 and um we were racing at phillip island and it absolutely dumped down it was so wet and in those days they used to do like a staggered start so i got st- to get a big head start on the field and I took off and I actually remember quite clearly passing JB around the outside at Lukey Heights he was in a Falcon GT and I was in a little Hyundai mm. and look I had an advantage that day but afterwards JB collared my old man and said look you need to get this kid a career a cup car or something and uh and and that that sort of you know I wouldn't say that I kick-started the rest of my career but it sort of sort of tracked with what dad was thinking at the time which was really cool. So to be uh, yeah going toe to toe with him probably fifteen years later is a pretty awesome feeling.
1: Just talk us through the the weekend's racing because really difficult conditions and even when the track was dry it never looked like it was fully dry and there were rivers across the road and I'd imagine in a seven hundred horsepower Camaro that weighs fifteen hundred kilos with not a massive tire it makes for a bit of a handful.
2: Yeah, it's it will surprise people to know how small the tires are on these things. You know, like they're they're like you know, five centimetres narrower than what I run on a production car. Mm. So it's, it's a massive um, grip shortfall, but the grip is so good from the Hoosier. It's great. And as you say, the, tr- the track wasn't great even when it was dry. Um, and I had driven the 95 car last year, obviously, but this is a totally different animal. This is like White Line 2.0, yeah. the, the, <laughs> the 85. Yeah. And and it was and it's a very different, um, very different beast, is what I found. You know, it's it's probably the the ultimate perform, performance potential is higher, um, but it's a lot spikier. You know, it's not as forgiving and gentle on the edge as the 95. Um, but overall, the grip available probably is a bit more, which is what I'm looking for. So I really think it's the right decision to switch the cars coming into this year. I sort of had a bit of information inside the team from from Birdman and, 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 um, you know, Bobby would never say that one car is faster than the other. And, Mm. and I, you know, and I'm not even sure I can say it, but, uh, I know that the 85 talks to me and, and it's, uh, and it's going to, hopefully it's going to be a good year.
1: Yeah. I think there's a sentimentality towards the the 69 Camaro and the, The 1970 car probably hasn't had the same, so it hasn't had the same run as the 69 car that your old man drove, but when it's had a a driver of your caliber in it, with the fullest of respect to everyone else that's driven it, it's always been at the front. So clearly it's a a really good package. Mate, the racing was awesome, wasn't it? And and there were occasions where we had five or six cars, Linus Stern, yourself and JB had a cracking battle uh, on Saturday and again on Sunday. It, it's just really hard competitive racing, but I was sort of around the debrief when you guys were, were talking on Sunday morning and uh, you were all talking about the fact that you felt quite confident with each other, that you could race quite hard, but there'd be no massive risk of you driving each other off the road. So it feels like there's a lot of respect at the front of that field this year.
2: Yeah, I, I definitely I definitely agree. I, I think I'm more confident almost this year than I have been at any time in my career that when I go up against someone, Especially if I'm up the front. Like there's some great drivers through the field, don't get me wrong. Okay. But that 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 upper echelon of 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 drivers have not only do they know how to drive fast, but they've been driving fast for a long time. And and we're all got it, we all have a similar mentality, which is which is hard but, you know, and really hard but fair. Um mm-hmm. and no one's gonna give an inch, you know. We'll still rub rub wheels and, and all that sort of stuff if we absolutely have to, but it's not like you know, what we saw in Super 2 and stuff on the weekend where people are just running each other off left, right, yeah. and center. And so there's a level of respect that you give to to the, the people that you're racing against. And to be honest, like, the, the thing that got me was I'd be racing against uh, right Hansford, and I misjudged the, how long the bonnet was, gave him a tap, went up to him after the race and said, look, sorry, mate, just totally didn't. Didn't get it, and he said, "No, yeah, no worries." First, he blew up at me pretending, but (laughs) yeah, no worries, it's all good. And as I was walking back through the field, I saw Brett Peters, right, and and I said, "I said, sorry, I, sorry, I marked your car," and he just said, he just shook my hand and said, "Bloody good having you here, mate." You know, and that's the that's the attitude is is just like everyone wants to race, go racing, go race hard, but race with respect. And and uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, I had a good weekend, so I'm going to be chuffed either way. But I think um, it, it bodes well.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, it's such a good category and and it's in the process of a rebuild, but I think the on track product still sells itself. It's just such a, an entertaining thing from my point of view in the commentary box, but the, the punters love it uh, as well. Did you expect to be in a not, it's not a full-time situation. It's only six rounds this year with TCM, but w- was this in the plan? Did you intend to do a full season of racing in any one category or, or was this just an opportunity that presented that you grabbed?
2: Yeah, no not not at all mate. I I um it all came about because um Kingy couldn't do Bathurst last year and I've like all oh, I've really wanted to drive these cars cuz I, I like high horsepower low grip. It's a it's a big it's a it's a formula that I really enjoy and it, and it seems to suit my driving style which which you know I I, I like you know I like going well. Mm. Um but I had to drive at Bathurst and I just got, oh, I was just addicted. You know, I loved it. And I've got to say that the chance to drive at Newcastle was probably the biggest draw card. I was really excited to yeah. go to Newcastle because I've never been, I sort of stepped out of, of, of full-time racing in Australia a few years ago and I've never been there for a Newcastle, never driven there. Um, so I was really pumped to go to Newcastle. It probably egg me on. But at the same time, I felt at home with with white line and 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 it really drummed it into me again on the weekend you know like it's a it's an amazing team it's full of um vastly experienced people who everyone knows their job everyone goes about it there's no like it's so calm yeah i can't, I, I don't know how how i can explain that as different to another team but it's just everyone knows their role and everyone stays out of each other's way and they get it done and there's a lot of respect for the driver and, um, and you know we really feel like when we win, we win as a team and and the team in the pits put the car on the track, and then I just do the i do the the next bit and and whatever happens is a combination of both of those, and I think that's really cool, so yeah, I hadn't planned to do a full year, but my God, I'm happy I did, yeah,
1: absolutely, and hopefully we do get to go to Newcastle at some point this season because, uh, TCM around there is pretty spectacular. We're there in 2018 and it was, uh, it was awesome racing. Before we launch into the next part of the chat, I want to talk to you about, which is the six hour for, for those that might not know, just give, give the audience an idea about your day to day, because they, they may not know that George Medici now is dealer principal at the Medici Motor Group. And that I would imagine takes up a fair whack of your life.
2: Yeah, I just tell people I'm a used car salesman. Mate. <laughs> I think it goes beyond <laughs> that, though, doesn't it? <laughs> but uh, yeah, look, I, I, I'm very lucky, mate. With my 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 dad spent a long time building a a, a great business on on the mid north coast in Port Macquarie. Um, and these days, I'm responsible. I'm completely responsible for the Port Macquarie operation, which is pretty big. You know, we've got 108 people wow. in Port Macquarie now, um, and yeah, delivering near on 200 cars a month and. And yeah, trying to it it, teach, it has taught me a lot about people and team team dynamics, which is which pays into the racing side as well. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a proper you know big corporate job where the, where I, everything the buck stops with me on every decision, and, and I and I really enjoy that. And to be honest, it helped me kick the racing habit for a little while. Yeah. You know, I get I, I get yeah. my competitive. Sort of buzz from from getting all of the tops of the business spinning at the same time, and and it helped me feel helped me not feel that that hole you know for the last few years of not doing as much racing because I, I felt like I was flat out trying to get the job done at work. So um, now I've got a fantastic team, and and we're a little bit I'm a little bit more established in my role, and I don't feel as um, well. You know what it's like when you take a big step up, you feel like a pretender for the first yeah. little while until you really get your own get a bit of respect for yourself and, um, and yeah, you know, running a, a, a good, a good show for the last few years has given me that. And, and obviously, you know, when it, when we make decisions to go racing, it, it involves a spend and, and I've got to clear that with dad. And, and, and if I wasn't doing a, a good job, you know, um, then the money wouldn't be there. But mm. At the same time, now it's a bit of my money too, so it's uh, it's something that I'm really enjoying, and and it's and it's great to 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 go back and just do it just for the love of going fast. Like I don't go, I don't go to the racetrack trying to please my sponsors. I think you know, while we've we've got some great ones, that that's secondary. I go out there and just go as fast as I bloody can all the time, and and that's a reward in and of itself
1: outstanding what springs first into your mind when i say the
2: name marcus ambrose um sleeping on his couch probably um <laughs> yeah. plucking me out of utes probably Yep. i'd say look i i, I yeah bucks and i have a very long relationship and and i i met him for the first time at Homebush in 2009 which was my last year racing utes full-time and i was starstruck you know like i Dad walked over with Marcus because he know he knew Ross Ambrose, Marcus's dad, really well. And Dad walks over with Marcus, and you know, Marcus walks up to me and puts his hand out and goes, "G'day, mate, I'm Marcus Ambrose." You know, as he does, (laughs) and and I shook his hand and I said, "Nice to meet you, Marcus." And I said, "Look, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be rude, but I got to go, and I like had to go and jump in the car for race one of the Utes." And as luck would have it, I was just on fire that weekend i don't know the car was perfect and i'd put a lot of work into prepping and i won the race by like eight or nine seconds and i think it was the strength of that initial impression marcus was looking he was sort of like it's it was a bit of one-upmanship some of the other cup drivers were starting junior teams and marcus Mm. really wanted to be seen as like doing something like that you know giving back to the sport and and bringing on the next young guy and he was on the hunt i didn't know he was on the hunt for his you know an aussie to bring over to to race in the states and uh, and luckily I performed at the right time, mate. Because that that Aussie was me in the end, yeah. Which was uh, which was a cool experience,
1: yeah. And and correct me if I'm wrong, but you were talking to people about some other opportunities in other parts of the world, but this Marcus opportunity came up and and obviously you grabbed it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Look, like I'd spent a bit of time with Andy Prio at Bathurst. Um, you know, uh, what would that have been the year prior? And he put me in touch with some great teams and and you know my. My uncle, um, my mum's sister's husband, actually used to run one of the best Formula Team, Formula Three teams in Europe, Murray Taylor Racing. So they had Marlboro money in the old days, and and so as a result, you know, we friends with Dick Bennett and 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 Alan Gow and 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 all these cool people. And and actually, not long before Sydney, um, a couple of months prior, Dad and my brother and I had gone over to Europe to sort of scout out what 2010 looked like for me. And and um, Dad and Harry went off to Goodwood, and I went to Rockingham with with um, with Dick and and West Surrey Racing, and spent the weekend with them. And and an opportunity um, had come up through Andy Prio not long prior with um, with uh, uh, an Aston Martin team in in British GT, and I was pretty excited about that. You know, yeah. looking back on it, probably would have suited my driving style a little bit better, and maybe would have would have been just as good of a, a an option, but. At the same time, to go to America uh, was just too good to be true. I love the races, racer type lifestyle I live over there, and 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 it's there's there's nothing fancy. Look, racing is much more of a blue collar sport than a white collar sport over there. They they love it, and uh, and it was really cool to experience that for a couple of years.
1: And it looked like you took to the short track stuff, which is foreign to so many Aussie drivers. Uh, it's because it, it's a completely different form of going car racing. It, it seems like you took that. Like a duck to water.
2: Yeah, I have got to say, man. Actually, I struggled for a long time, and and I went over there for two years in the end. And and the first year, I really battled, and mm. and I was just going to these short track shows, and there was like there was like five or six or seven drivers in the late bottles and I was getting smoked. I was finishing third, fourth, and really trying, you know, driving out of my skin to get that. And towards the end of the year, I, I was. I said to myself, like, what am I doing? Like, can I even, have I forgotten how to drive? Was I just lucky? You know, can I, am I even, is this even worth everyone spending their money on me, you mm-hmm. know? And I called up um, Jason Gomesall, who's now one of the main owners at, at MSR, who used to be my major sponsor. and And I called up dad as well. And they both said to me, mate, like, you've been over there for a while now. We've got some doubts about the equipment you're in, which turned out to be absolutely true. <laughs> um, but go, go and find the, the Hendrick Motorsports of um, of late models, and buy yourself two races, and we'll pay the bill.
1: Right. Wow.
2: And I've been, i I'd, I'd, you know, obviously been immersed in the in in the um, in the world over there. And you know, my my ma- my mates that I was hanging around with were like Joey Logano and Corey LaJoy and. You know Brandon McReynolds, whose dad used to be the engineer for, for Dale Senior, and you know um, Ryan Flores, who's like on all of NASCAR stuff as a tie tire changer. So I, i like I knew the right people, and so I went and found this team, Fathead Racing. Like, can you believe it? These like <laughs> backward yokels up in uh, up in oh, where were they? Anyway. And what a great... Carolina or something, wouldn't it? Yeah, what a great bunch of blokes. Like, anyway, they were hesitant to take me on because I'd been so average. Yeah. And they said they said to me, oh, look, we'll do a test. And if we think you're good enough, we'll let you race with us. And I went, okay. So we went up to test, rained out. We'll come back the next day, which was practice, rained out. And um, anyway, they... In 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 these short track racing, they do like they do quite short practice sessions. You'll get like mm. three seven minute runs. And I rolled out for the first practice and behind me on the track was the guy who'd been kicking my ass all year. I let him pass and he was like about hundred meters up the road, warmed up my tires, and then I, I got going. And next minute I'm like dum, dum, dum. pulled out past him and took off. You know, and I'm thinking, where have you been all my life? This car is amazing. <laughs> And uh, like, quite won the race that night, and then we went and did the uh, uh, the Bobby Isaac Memorial at Hickory that like about two weeks later, which is a 150 lap, like you know decent money to win race, and Mm. won that too, and uh, and and then quite quickly we decided that we're going to rename the rebrand the team, rebrand Fathead Racing as Marcus Ambrose Motorsport, and, and, and the second year was 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 what you what you guys in Australia saw, which was me kicking ass, you know, yeah, yeah. which was which is really good. So yeah, it was uh, it was a, a good confidence builder and, and it reminded me that, you know, as as dad's reminded me so many times through my career, you just a driver doesn't forget how to drive mm. a car. You know, there's something wrong. If you're if you're if you've been quick before, you'll be quick again. It's just you gotta get the right environment. And uh, and and we found that and that's what got us back on track um, in the
1: States. It's a great story, mate, and and it leads us to what's going on at Easter this year, which is you and Marcus getting together in a Ford Mustang built by GRM uh, to tackle the Bathurst 6-hour. Who made the phone call to Marcus and said, we need to do this? Was it you that picked up the phone?
2: Uh, I think it was Dad, actually. Like, we'd we'd sort of – we finished Bathurst last year. We had a great time. Um, Mm. Ryan McLeod built an awesome car, but there were some limitations to it that we weren't going to be able to easily – Engineer out of it, you know. If we wanted to take the fight to the BMWs, we're going to need to make some sort of change. Yeah, and um, and so Dad and I made a decision pretty quickly that we put the car up for sale, and um, if we were able to sell it, then we would build a new one um, with with those learnings in mind. You know, and quite quickly um, things happened. A great bloke by the name of Chris Delsmer bought the car, who's a, a prolific production car racer. He's done some Super Three as well. Yeah. Um, and then it was like okay well who builds it and this is right when when um uh, australia was shutting down again you know with covid everyone was starting to go back into lockdown and and grm had all these people who were doing who couldn't do anything you know and so Mark, dad picked up the phone to obviously marcus was at grm but i've got barry and and, Steph and um all these amazing people that got down there and we quite quickly worked out a deal that you know, kept their guys working and, uh, and, and, you know, advanced our program to the level that we were sort of hoping for. So, and it, to be honest, it wasn't that hard to twist Marcus's arm. I know he's at pains to say this is a celebration, not a comeback, he is. but it wasn't, it, it was not difficult. You know, he, he, he loved that. He loves the opportunity to get to come back in, um, in a way that he's doing it for fun rather than mm. doing it for a big, you know, the, the, I reckon he had a great time in America, but the pressure, and the constant, the constant drive of it all really is what played on him. And, and uh, when he came back to Australia, he realised he just didn't want to do it anymore. He's got the talent. He's, he's, is no doubt in no doubt about his competitiveness. He's one of the most focused people I've ever met in my life. You know, when I when I lived over there, you know, if it didn't have something to do with Marcus going faster. He didn't want to know about it. Yeah. And uh, and and he's a different bloke since he's come back. He's he's he he, te- he takes a lot of pleasure and that stuff that he's doing at GRM with the Combine and he's trying to get a, you know, a, 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 a Roush gong show going over there, which is pretty cool. Um, but, uh, but, you know, to, to get a chance to come back and, and get the pleasure of driving without the pressure of being, you know, at the absolute bleeding edge of the sport, I think he found very attractive.
1: Yeah, it's really exciting. And, and for you to be able to race with him as well must be really cool. Uh, you've driven the car, I know, uh, initial test session. What's the initial thoughts on this new Mustang? And where do you go from here in the lead up to the Easter long weekend?
2: Yeah, well, we I have driven the car a week and a half ago um, at Phillip Island. We, um, we're we just working through some initial new car stuff, but I've got to say the things, the things are very promising. Um, a lot of the major issues that we were tackling with the last car are actually just fixed. You know, it's just some, there's just some new issues have come up. So we're working on that. And I'm really pr- proud to be saying that we're, that we've been getting so much help from uh, Rob and Chris Herod um, yeah. at Herod Motorsports. So they, they obviously, there's no one more experienced in Australia in, in, in programming these engines and, 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 and drive trains. And, and they've been, absolutely outstanding i mean i've got the chance quickly to speak with rob on the weekend and and uh and you know he's throwing everything at it as a partner of ours which is great and and at the track we you know chris came down himself chris herrod and he was on the computer and actually had his uh he, he was putting his gear on the line he had his he had his laptop strapped into the into the car onto the roll cage with some zip ties while we were data logging and uh (laughs) <laughs> and, and and they're both they're both pups. So I'm really pleased to have Herod as a partner because they, you know, we we can prototype and get through a lot of these little niggling issues very quickly. So um, we will be testing again, you know, towards the end of the March month, which I'm excited about, um, and and it holds a lot of promise. So yeah, watch your space. Well,
1: the the question I did have for that car and a couple have asked, seeing the photos, is that it's sans Gearstick. You've gone the paddle shift option. What was the reasoning behind that?
2: I knew you'd get there, mate. Um, <laughs> Come on. <laughs> uh, look, it, look. one of the, one of the limitations of the, uh, of the FN Mustang is that the gearing is quite a bit longer than the FM, which mm-hmm. is the previous generation car. So the FN has a lot more horsepower, but you can't use it. So we've found that, you know, Eastern Creek, for example, you, can, you drive it in third and fourth gear only. Wow. Um, so the second gear is very short. Um, third gear is a little bit longer than you'd like. And fourth gear is super long. So we found that we were, at, even at Bathurst, we were only using third, fourth, and fifth, and only using fifth on, on um, Conrad Straight. Wow. So whatever horsepower advantage we had was being negated by the fact that it was just all being soaked up by that drivetrain, you know? It was being soaked up by that gearing, and and it was very, car was really hard to get up out of the cutting, and and you, we were losing a lot of time. Um you know, we had a look at the ratios, and we figured if we went to a Mark One um, gearing, we might save like 1.8 seconds, um, which would be, you know, is a lot at Bathurst. Yeah. Um, but then we looked at the 10 speed, and 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 the, the the advantage is even greater. So hopefully that's going to be a performance thing for us. Obviously it's a bit of a jump into the unknown. I don't know that anyone's raced a a 10r80. Um, forward transmission before, but it's rated to, you know, it's in the, uh, it's in the F one fifty light uh, Raptor. It's it's handling much higher horsepower than what we were asking it to, and and initial initial um, uh, results are pretty promising. You know, we've just got to work on some oil surge issues, but once we get those under control, I think it should be good.
1: Yeah, that's exciting, mate. It feels like the old days of touring car racing where the tuners and the teams and even a bit of backdoor manufacturer arm around the shoulder kind of things going on, and it's really exciting to see. So looking forward to seeing it there. Mate, we could talk for hours about your career to this point and what's still to come, but uh, we really thank you for your time. Thanks for jumping on. Well done on the weekend. It's awesome to see you back in a race car, especially... One for white line racing, which your family's got such a close relationship with and looking forward to Easter long weekend and seeing how you and Marcus go in the Mustang in the mountain.
2: Yeah, me too, mate. Thanks for having me on. It's a, you you managed to draw it out of me. I don't usually talk this much, but um, look, it's a, it's, it's a lot of fun talking about cars and going racing with you and bringing back some of those memories. So cheers.
1: We'll do the full one hour special one day, mate. Appreciate it. George Mediki joining us here on the grid.
0: You're listening to the latest from around the motorsport world. On the grid.
1: All right, as we continue the show, Richard Crowell. Lovely chat there with George. Well done. Yeah, cracking chat with George Miedicke. Uh, I'm really sorry you guys couldn't make it. He's a, a, a super bloke. <laughs> or when not. invited, one of the two. Uh, <laughs> super bloke, really, really good contender. It's great to see him back in TCM, but I'm really excited to see what he and Marcus can do for the um, – Bath of six hour this year that's a really exciting program and we learned things in that chat that have not been learned so far about that campaign so really cool really well, cool. Look, there's, there's an hour feature to come i think which and we'll, i look forward we'll, to mark we'll
0: walker writing that feature one day mark <laughs>
3: <laughs> be nice wouldn't it i had a really good story up my sleeve there for the race talk but you know whatever how are you buddy <laughs> uh good i think I'm, I'm dry here in melbourne which yeah. is uh More than can be said for anyone's feet who were at Sydney Motorsport Park on the weekend.
0: (laughs) Tell me about it. Well, apart from Richard also being there, Tom Archuley from Doric was there as well. He joins us for a wrap of round one. Tom, how are your feet?
4: Uh, Good, boys, but I've also got a great story from Sunday morning for you. I was walking underneath the pedestrian bridge towards the paddock area. A bus was going the other way and decided (laughs) that they would use the splash pad as a way to water me from yes. bottom to top, oh, and I was covered in dirty rainwater at 8.30 a.m. Oh, and not by my own means. So, yeah, that was a great start to a Sunday morning.
1: wasn't Sunday morning grim. It was just grim. I tell you what, there' a similar story to that. There was almost a supercar team that will remain nameless for now if they cross me again, though. Power rankings not for life because they decided to swerve from the other side of the road. To hit a very large puddle, a beam of where I was walking just under, just past the bridge when you come out into the open and you got the skid pan up on the right. Uh, They decided it'd be hilarious to dive across and splash through that puddle, knowing full well that I was walking there. And uh, had that got me, like not in the power rankings for life and never a mention in my commentary again, like it it would have been that dirty.
3: I I tell you what, if I were to base my life decisions on the chat coming from yourself on the group text Sunday morning, I Mm. was going to make some very different life choices (laughs) and not see any motor racing that day because it looked rather grim. And and hell, if we had the race meeting these last couple of days, we're recording Tuesday night when half of Sydney's really, really underwater now, Mm. I think we got so lucky that we were able to fit three days in. I mean, we really only dropped that TCM race, unfortunately for you, Rich, but as a victim of that whole process and everything that could have gone wrong, it was a really good outcome in the end. So I get paid by weekend, not by race, good. but it was, um, it
1: was, Tom, I, it was extraordinary. I've, I've been to wet race meetings before and we've been to race meetings, Mark and I, where it's been canceled in the afternoon because it's flooded Phillip Island. Um, but that was as wet as I've seen a racetrack and the fact we got a race in blows my mind and the fact we got all bar basically one race is quite extraordinary given how it was when we were rocked up first thing in the morning
4: i thought we had no chance like i had mad flashbacks to the last round of last season where they yeah. just called the race off easily and i walked in and thought we had no chance and then 20 minutes later the super two cars were out on the track and then we didn't stop all day and i just thank thank the thank the heavens that we got the race meeting in because it was a pretty good day of motorsport actually wasn't it
1: yeah it was it was Was there was shebex it was really interesting that the the toyota's copped it more than anybody and there's a dam behind the turn eight hairpin where all the water runs off corporate hill and it dumps first on the bottom part of the hairpin the exit past that exit curb and that was all underwater and then it runs down into like a catchment dam below that and that overflowed by 11 o'clock on saturday night and the overflow is the Toyota 86, those oh. open carports that run yeah. behind the supercar paddock. Um, and by midnight, a bulk of those cars had water up to their axle line Wow! and we were Gary O'Brien, the great Gary O'Brien, who was definitely there. And I were talking about the fact that, uh, we, we bumped into Rick Bates, who was the most wet human being I've ever seen, who was frantically moving toolboxes and all that out of the water. And he was like. We're a bit worried because all of the diffs have been sitting in water overnight, and we're a bit worried that some water might have seeped in through the CV joints or whatever, and all the diff oil would have been mixed with water. And oil and water don't mix particularly well. And I think there was uh. some concern that there'd be four thousand Toyota 86 race cars with broken diffs after the race. But fortunately, they were all fine. But that—that that was the kind of thing we were dealing with, and why we were at the time going. Not convinced we actually go car racing today. It was extraordinary.
0: I tell you what I did like about the weekend, though, and what it actually forced out of people's hands was the—you f- actually got the opportunity, pardon the saying—to see which engineers and which drivers had balls. Especially <laughs> that qualifying session on Sunday, because that track was still pretty wet, and they decided to throw on some slicks. And the ones that did, mm. obviously, got rewarded. And the ones that did it too late and didn't get the heat into their tyres, obviously, didn't. Shane van Gisbergen and others included in that group. So that was a great thing out of it, was that it actually showed us who is has the potential to actually move when they need to.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah I, I agree with that. I, I think it's worth pointing out as well the difference between the Sunday and and the Sunday of SMP4 last year that you mentioned earlier, Tom, and the difference between the two was that it started raining. I don't know about you, Tommy, but I got out of the track about 10 minutes before it absolutely dumped and it rained and rained and rained and rained and it rained all night, but it stopped at about eight o'clock. So there was a chance for the water to disappear. The difference between last Sunday and Sunday in November last year was that it didn't stop raining at all. It was just persistent nonstop ongoing rain. So there was no opportunity for the standing water to disappear. And then you had all the other options of, we've got to preserve our cars at Bathurst because we've been on the road for so long and all the COVID related dramas, which are true, but the, the weather was very, very different uh one sunday to another which is why they managed to get it going so even when it rained again later the place had had an opportunity had three or four hours and had cars pounding around like the the 30 toyotas wearing away the water the standing water on the racetrack so they could actually go racing
0: uh super two also was hit pretty hard by the water as well you mentioned the toyotas but you as they didn't get uh a lot of clean racing in did they when they did,
3: it was great. It How was did good. Jay yeah. Robotham win that Saturday race? I have no idea. He, there was no way known he should have won that. Tyler Everingham, he got a, a knot, and it wasn't a knot for lack of trying. It was a knot mm. for, my God, he had a horrible weekend. It was in missed Friday because of he had a dodgy kebab, was laid up in hospital <laughs> on a drip because he had a dodgy kebab. So he missed all the Friday practice. First time the car put it on the front row, led away, was going to win the thing easily. Then his tyre went flat. Yeah. That is the hardest knot you could possibly have from so many different facets. But then you go back to the supercars and Van Gies. He was absolutely a red-hot cert for a hot. We had him penciled in as a knot on Sunday. Bugged qualifying up, as you said before, Shebex, was nowhere in qualifying, Started up the back, speared it off, dropped it cold like he did on Friday, came into the pits for wets when he shouldn't have. The pit stop was horrible, four strikes, he was 1.6 laps down. They kept banging on about 1.6 laps down, and he came sixth. Yeah, <laughs> What a get out of jail.
4: I don't want to um, be controversial, but I'm going to be. It, um, Super 2, if you were putting money on two blokes to have a crash, Angelo Mazuris and Royal Harris, like, honestly, <laughs> those. I, if I had a betting agency, I, but those two would be sh- odds-on favourite to have a wreck in a in a wet Super 2 race, and lo and behold, I know it might not have been Royal, Royal's fault, but... The uh, getting involved in uh, accidents. I'm sure Angelo's is very uh, popular with his oh. team at uh, AAA after taking out the guys when they're running first and second in the uh, second corner of the race.
0: The boys know my relationship with Ange and his family, but mm. watching how he went into Cameron Hill, it was literally like he forgot to break. He just all of a sudden he was just exulting, and then thought, "Oh, oh, oh. damn."
3: But after you blow the start, he was just trying to make it up. He was too yeah. desperate to make yeah. it up. Yeah. Cool ahead, okay. I've at the start. Right, all right, chill out here. We've still got this. You know, it's first corner of a eighteen lap race, whatever it was. But uh, he absolutely went rifling it in there hard. And how about the how about the theatrics between Royal Harris and Nash Morris? I mean that was Wasn't that was good, another man. one that was destined <laughs> to be a knot but yep. then then all the just Pantomime that went on after that little coming together was just sensational. Well, the funny such...
0: thing about it was, I don't think Nash actually knew that Roll had gone on the grass, had he? he just no, no one had, had any idea. He just literally thought the Roll
3: just banged into him.
1: <laughs> no, which is what made it great because it was just this spare of the moment blow up, which we love. So it was such a cliche weekend for Super 2, though, wasn't it? Because yeah. when it's good, It is the best supercar racing you get because they're young guys and they're all, and girls, and they're all pushing the limits so hard and the cars probably aren't quite as refined as the main game thing, so they're prone to making more mistakes. The the lap of racing they had on Saturday was, when Robotham raced his way to the front, was an unbelievable lap of touring car racing, but then it just all utterly turns to dog-do when they crash into each other or they stall on the start or they make stupid moves and but it, that's just super too. I think that's part of the joy of watching those races is it's it's more BTCC at
3: times than the BTCC. The, the one that we gave a what, and it was a bit hard to place this one in the power rankings this week, was David Couchy. Yeah. Um, I've worked in multiple places where you have the no-compete cause at the end of your exit of employment, and everyone sort of raised an eyelid when he lobbed up to Winton for the test day there in his in his grove racing kit and he was there on the weekend and the lawyers fired up. You'd imagine uh triple eight. They're pretty sharp in most departments, aren't they? You'd imagine their lawyers and their contracts department would be fairly well all over this. This is going to be one that's going to play out, isn't
1: it? Well, the boss is a lawyer herself, isn't she, Jess? Yeah. I think she's fully qualified now as well. Yeah. But, but then you've got Tony Quinn, who's done bi- literally billion dollar business deals. Yeah. Tim Miles, who sold <laughs> billion dollar businesses and Roland Dane, full stop. He just likes to uh, fight. <laughs> yeah, correct, correct. Um, but on the other side, you've got Stephen Grove who runs an enormous business and I'm And sure would enjoy the
0: fight as well, I reckon. fully
1: up to speed on all of the legal process. Yeah. So, um, Tommy, you, I mean, you, you're you in the corporate world. It's it's going to be an exciting little period for these two teams.
4: Well, I'm just happy it keeps Peter out. It's not the front page for a bit. Eh? Let's have somebody else and having a bit of a blue ha-ha and having some controversy go around, eh? Uh,
1: even- uh, even on sunday with his i no one likes you at ryan walkinshaw and for a moment everyone was like oh what but it turns out they're actually buddies and and they were among the first down to to uh walkinshaw to congratulate them on their win but you just never know what you're going to get on the and socials (laughs) and um the eye rolling in the paddock at the endless, uh, this is what race, as in the new owners are doing wrong, uh, commentary is. Uh, yeah. It's rapidly become fairly old, I think.
3: Well, it was very. Let's say awkward during Neil Crompton's grid walk when he went up to interview Shane Howard, who was yeah. clearly engaged yeah. in a big discussion with Peter Adderton. Yes. And you just wondered if Neil was going to turn around and go, Oh, that's Peter Addriton over there. Yeah, <laughs> you just tell go. it was a very, very <laughs> awkward conversation that was going on and Neil's just broken it all up. So uh, yeah, that the was chair- good.
0: The chairman doesn't
1: say too much, does he? No, Buck no. Buckley Bar- was put on the spot a bit by that interview, I think, but that's all right. He's he's there to lead, not to um, yeah. He was he was elected to lead, not to make speeches. Doesn't quite work. <laughs> uh,
0: give us give us a winner each out of the weekend. Who was your who was your winner and who was your loser out of the weekend?
1: Oh Chaz and WAU. I mean that that was yeah. hugely impressive. they didn't look impressive on Saturday at all until Chaz drove to third in the race. And and it wasn't a particularly good race, but the way they engineered that over the course of the, the 77 laps was superb and they sort of snuck up on it with really solid strategy. And I think where that team has struggled in the past is when they haven't had a good car is jagging a good result because a 888 would do that. But they didn't have a particularly good car on Saturday and got a good result, got a podium. And then on Sunday, they look very, very comprehensive. So, yeah, they have to be. And, and we asked the question seven days ago, where are WAU at? Are they contenders now? One round doesn't make a, a championship, and WAU in the past has been good at winning the opening round. They win the Adelaide Five Hundred every year and then disappear for twelve months, but um and pop up at Bathurst generally, and that was it. But <laughs> gee, that was impressive, and and the fact they did it across the various weather conditions, um, bit of strategy, bit of raw car speed, wow! Like if they do that all year, Chaz is a
3: hundred percent a title contender. Yeah. Okay. okay, so you can have on-track Chaz. I'll have off-track Chaz for all the charity work that he did. <laughs> Obviously, the dyeing the blue hair for 20 grand for his chosen charity and then giving all the proceeds from his merch for the month to the flood recovery. Uh, what a good egg. He's a, he's a good good guy to have in the sport when he's doing well. I mean, that was always the fear when a lot of the big names were leaving, like Allowance or Win Cup's mm-hmm. gone now, that who's going to step up and, and take the mantle and – he got Chaz, he's a A grade driver and he's got an A plus personality to back it up, which is something the sports needs. It, you know, it's all, all good and well having some cardboard cutouts out there who are driving very well, but to be able to back it up off the track is a particularly good thing for the sport
4: as well. Tom? Yeah, my, yeah, boys, my biggest highlight is the fact that we won't have to go to S P for a year. <laughs> oh. Because oh, for me well, hang on, don't speak too early. <laughs> no, don't speak too early. But for me, like we actually will see now where everyone's at. We've been at the same racetrack and an outlier in Bathurst for basically the last seven or six rounds of the championship. Yep. Now we'll really see what everyone's got. You know, uh, Seven's planes, the KRE engines did fantastically well there last year. Will that form continue? And then we get to go to the Grand Prix for the first time in since 2000, well, 2020, we had two qualifying sessions and never got okay. on track for a race. Mm. Um, and then we get to go to Perth, which we haven't been to for a long time as well. So we really yeah. started a new championship with tracks we haven't been to. So it starts now, boys. It really starts now.
0: Yep, it does. My winner from the weekend is Brody Kostecki. Good call. We, we knew that he could drive, but we haven't really seen him have a consistent weekend as yet uh, across a whole weekend. This was it. This was the first one for the year and the first real, hang on, I'm going to be battling every race that we do this weekend. So with what Erebus was showing us towards the end of last year with Will Brown and now Brody stepping up into that role as well, and we know that Will's going to be competitive, She was Erebus really do come in as a fourth or fifth team that are putting their hand up to say, well, we'll take the fight up to you. Don't worry about that.
1: Well, they were probably the best two-car team of the weekend, I reckon in terms of getting both cars like they, I think, was it, they both led, they both led on Saturday, didn't they? Mm. Or was it Sunday? No, it was Saturday. They both, both cars led. And it was the first time Erebus had had both cars leading a race in seven years or something. Noonan dragged that stat out. But yeah, I agree with you. Uh, They are, that, that was a serious performance from that race team. And, and they could have ended up with three podiums from those two races, if not more. And and aside from Will being out of tyres on Saturday night, it could have been even more. So, yeah, really impressive.
0: Just before the thousands of people who obviously have Doric tools and stuff out there give us a call, the shelf V-Power team was statistically the best two-car team on the grid because they ended up with the most points between them. Okay. And, and leave the, and and the, the championship in the team's championship. So. They should Just have fight
4: themselves. I
1: know where this is going. I know where this
0: is
4: going. And they what should have ended up with a lot stacking? more. They should have up with a lot more because lap 47 on Sunday, safety car came out for Nick oh. Perkett. Yeah. Lap 46, Will Davison passed Will Brown on lap 46. Half a lap later, a safety car came out on that safety car lap before the safety car got called. Will Brown went into the pits with about five or six other cars who knew the safety car was going to be called. Dick Johnson Racing did not call in Will Davison, who was only half a second in front of Will Brown. Will Davison end up double sacking, going from fourth to 16th? Yep. Mm. Yeah, basically,
0: don't, don't start Richard on double stacking, please. Yeah, mate.
4: Basically, but that's, you know, I sponsor the team. Um, and I think they have been guilty of not splitting strategies and being aggressive enough uh, to win races. They simply should be better. um, And as the best team in the paddock, in the garage, they should be more aggressive and split the strategies. They've run the same strategies pretty much all the time. And one of them always ends up having a disaster because they've got to come from the back to the front um, and not being in enough clear air and not uh, maximizing what they could have on each day.
3: Uh, And on strategies, both races were Good from the perspective that you didn't know who was really out in front. They were just a bit mixed up and all over the place. Some people go the super softs, early, different pit strategies and lengths on tyres and stints and everything. And especially those safety cars really did bring that Sunday race alive. I mean, there was nothing wrong with that, all the action throughout the race there. I really appreciate Matt Stone Racing absolutely having a massive peg at Jack LeBrock, Hail Mary. How hard is it going to rain? They could have won that thing if it just didn't quite rain. I mean, that rain was supposed to come at the start of the race. Here mm. we are with 10 laps to go, and it's only just starting to come down. Oh, they they had a big peg at it, and they nearly got away with one, which was good. How about Brock Feeney? We talked about him last week. What, was what's impressive. the expectation? It was I impressive. I think that was fantastic. You know, to get in both the top 10 shootouts, qualify fourth, and keep that in the shootout on Sunday, I think that was fantastic. 10th and 11th he got boxed around a bit but he he gave as good as he got in a fair few occasions there so it'll take a little while to get all those little mm. things together but he's in the ballpark and, and you know keep- there was times there where he was up there running at the front of the field and keep
1: in mind that having to deal with a, a 300k race which no one's done at Sydney Motorsport Park before right. so and while you might go oh yeah but level playing field but it's probably the opposite when you're a rookie driver because your tire deg and managing your fuel loads and all of those things with the fuel drop as well with 140 liters to go in the car um is foreign completely foreign to him because he's done none of that before in his entire career so it was a really tough weekend for him to jump in if we go to simmons plains in a couple of weeks and he puts the thing in the 10 there's a very good chance he runs top five in in all three races down there because shorter races, you don't have the pit stop variables that you're going to have in the 300 and 250K races, um, harder to pass, all of these various things. So yeah, results are coming. I heard Scafie say in the broadcast that he will win a race in the second half of this season and based on the weekend, making the shootout, what, would he qualify fourth on Sunday? Mm. Really impressive lap in really, really dodgy conditions. I completely and utterly concur yeah. with that. I-, I thought it was a very solid
3: debut. And you look at it, Tom Randall's run a whole heap of wildcards before, so he mm. has a lot more of that experience of managing these races. Unfortunately, I had the Tickford factor working against him.
0: Oh. Uh, all right, oh. we've, got, we've had Tom's loser from the weekend. He gave us that about two minutes ago. Mm. Uh, anyone else want to add to it? I, I thought yeah. Scott Pye. I was really disappointed. Yeah. Through, through the weekend. I just it, There was just nothing there.
1: Yeah, ran strongly on Sunday for a bit, but yeah, it was strange. My no, biggest loser is, is Tickford again, it has to be. And, yeah. and if it wasn't for Cam's frankly heroic drive on Sunday and, and, and super impressive in qualifying, but his performance in the race was great. And you know, it's a good driver when you can drag an utter shitbox into the top 10, um, but they were no good. 15th, something, 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 and 22nd qualifying on Saturday, 22nd. And Cam Waters is supposed to be a title contender. It just does not work for them at Sydney Motorsport Park, but they've had five goes to get it right and they're still not there. And if you are part of that team, you must be dragging your hair out with how badly they go at Sydney Motorsport Park. And for mine, if they don't rock up at Simmons Plains and win a race, like it becomes really difficult to pull this season back and two rounds in, but they have to rebound hard with victories, nothing less than that, at least with Cam Waters at Simmons Plains.
3: Yeah. Bad news. It's not a, for track down there it's all no it's not whole exactly <laughs> that's the so point yes i think the hope though is remember they always went well in the second week that the spirit of tasmania sinks and we have to go back to sydney motorsport park and they come good i think they that's just won't the... rock up they do better if they didn't rock up okay so my big loser for the weekend is everyone saving up their massive crashes till after the checkered flag of race two <laughs> what are you thinking lads what's going on yeah. You managed know, to race for 77 laps, fine, and then they waved the chequered flag and everyone decides to ward their cars up into absolute meatballs.
4: Mm-hmm. What a joke. A long mm-hmm. way to, I, It's a long way to say you are a after the finish yeah. line.
3: I, I, you'd hope that's what happened because, you know, he did get run over there onto that wet side of the track and I've seen a lot of cars lose it down that main straight at Sydney Motorsport yeah. Park before. I mean, you know, remember the year that Van Giz was Wetting his tires in the grass. I mean, he's the exception to the rule there. He can do those sorts of things. But yeah, that was awkward and dumb. And then Anton just absolutely fenced himself trying to do rad skids. (laughs) You don't do that, mate.
4: (laughs) Don't. Those cars were beat up on Sunday night. There was not one straight car in that pit lane. They were beat for Bill to post those cars.
3: Weren't
1: they they just unreal? Yeah. I think Chaz's was the cleanest and that was it. Yeah. Just a wild. uh,
0: Let's get off supercars. Good chat. NASCAR, Mark, you watched the race on the weekend. Thoughts? Yeah,
3: they've done it again. That's four in a row for the next gen car and for Las Vegas. That was a, a pretty sporty race. It was really competitive and a cracking finish. You know, it came mm-hmm. right down to the line there. The Hendrick guys absolutely sharked one from the Gibbs guys who were absolutely set to win that race. And then there was a late caution overtime. The Hendrick cars only took two tyres in their pit stop and they were able to hold on, which was really cool. Uh, obviously, the highlight was probably Kyle Busch absolutely blowing up Supreme. I can't <laughs> repeat it here because Tony would have to be on the bleeper all night and I'd just cause him no end of heartache. But uh, He wasn't happy with the winner. He wasn't happy with the winner. Oh, he keeps backing into the wins. He's had seven wins and he has backed into a lot of them where he cleans up the yeah. mess at the final final hurdle. But Apparently, luck played a part. You have to be in those positions to Correct. pick up the wins, don't you? But Alex Bowman, he won the race and then Monday morning, their times, whipped out the T-shirt. Uh, what was it? Uh, lucky lucky to be in
0: Vegas or something?
3: La- lucky, no skill, all luck in yeah, yeah, yeah. Las Vegas. Yeah. And, yeah, and on the back, it's backed into another win. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, and, the, <laughs> and from that, because it was a Cole Bush comment, he's going to donate 18% of the proceeds to charity. So good Magic. on him. It's, it's, it's such great. a good stir.
1: It's just great. The thing I like about Bowman is his mates with a YouTuber I follow called Cletus McFarland who runs a race called the Freedom 500 in Modified Police Crown Victorias at his um, racetrack in Southern Florida. As you do. As you do. And Bowman rocks up to them every year with a 48 on the side and races them. And it's the the funniest thing you've ever seen. But I, I love that a professional NASCAR driver is on a million bucks a year and Driving for the best team in the game and goes and does that in his spare time, which is great. Where
3: Larson goes and wins the chili bowl and things like that. Hey, uh, we actually missed the the big thing. The big thing from Sydney Motorsport Park was Friday night. Do you remember Friday night, Richard?
1: I don't know what happened Friday night. Oh, wait, Supercar Media Awards. Is that what we're talking about? Of course. course. You're (laughs) nowhere. You're running it. (laughs) Thank you. you you,
4: (laughs) Thank you to the awards, mate.
1: No, I did. I (laughs) emceed them and
4: uh, put it out of my mind. It was very
1: stressful. (laughs) The only reason I emceed emceed them because I knew we didn't want anything. (laughs) (laughs)
4: <laughs> oh, but how good Mark Walker, picking up a photographer mm. in the, on the podium and he only goes to like three races a year.
1: Exactly. Yep. So what ah. you – we should – look, we'll, we'll pat ourselves on the back a little bit here because why not. Uh, so M. Walker finished third for best feature photo. Yep. For the very, very moody shot on our, uh, what, nine-kilometre-long
3: 6K track for, walk. During market. our podcast reporting. Correct. In the podcast, which we put a massive effort in, Got nothing, but no, equal no, third. Settle down. No, no, no. But that particular podcast, yeah. we got nothing oh, for yeah. that four yeah. and a half hours of effort. But it was just a, a one second photo that uh, gets us a mention.
1: Yeah, good yeah. work, uh, Walker. Then P two <laughs> best on track photo. P two
2: yeah.
1: by the Doyen Mark Halsburgh, um, with your shot of the the Bathurst winning moment with the pyro. Uh, on the grid was equal third with the great Greg Rust. Oh, so that. that, a- that
3: that is pretty big.
0: That, that makes, me proud. Me. makes big. me proud. makes me proud. How
1: the hell
3: the ABC got second? <laughs> I beat myself there. Cardi was like, who hey, finished second? I'm like, I've got no idea. I I'd completely. Richard. Yeah, <laughs> Richard. Yeah, good on you, mate. Second Sorry, and but, third. But the ABC's just extended my contract, so it's really good. Thank you.
1: <laughs> uh, and then we we were fourth and third in Best Feature Story. So Dale's Embedded with Cool Drive Racing Story was P4, so yep. very, very close in the voting there. And then the Bathurst Notebooks were third, and they were outrageously successful. Uh, yeah, P3 and podcast uh, was... And uh, overall yeah, publication. And yeah, yeah, P3, which I thought was pretty good. Yeah, mm. Mm, yeah. Bunch of part-time
4: no, Well done, guys. Done. Mm.
1: Good to be
0: a part of it. And I know Tom's happy to be a part of it too.
4: Yes, well, we're a major sponsor of the race talk, Doric.com.au slash shop. And if you want to upgrade your front door to a digital lock, you can buy one. It's called the Epic Cylinder. 80% off right now. Easy. Easy 18% off. Oh, I thought
1: you said 18, 18. in honor of Carl Bush. 18%.
4: <laughs> it's, actually, it's actually in honor of year 18 of Doric and Supercars, as you know, Krause. Uh, of course. But yes, easy. Upgrade your lock, no keys. Do it five minutes. Get online, have a look now.
0: We've I'm got one on the one. back door. Works. As- a treat.
1: Yeah. I'm getting one for my, my front door. Front door? Yeah, I might have to, too.
0: And You'll 80% see. off. I'm
3: definitely getting
1: in there. Do I make them for <laughs> yes. sliding doors, Tom? I, we could probably take this offline.
3: Now, just describe <laughs> well, your yeah. door in your current lock situation, <laughs> <Yeah>. please. <laughs> well, <laughs> I've looking. got two keys. One of them I hide. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. Always great to chat.
0: Thanks for joining us, Tom. Really do appreciate it. Uh, I'll
3: tell you what. Looking forward to Phillip Island Classic this week. Oh, ah, Yes. 409 entries for a motor race, and they're all good. Yeah. And Larry Perkins back behind the wheel of a Super V8, which would be fantastic. 30 odd uh, V8s in the five litre touring car class. All sorts of just absolute awesome stuff. F1 cars, Can Am cars, the whole works. Can I, Tommy?
4: Round two of the Australian Superbikes at Queensland Raceway, also this weekend, where uh, Ducatis are in front. Brian starring of yeah. Desmos. So who came second and first this week last weekend at phillip island is leading and wayne maxwell who was a second faster in qualifying fell off in the Don't first know. race it is one one race too so there's some very close superbike racing which you'll see this week on sbs and stan
1: and as well. yeah. uh you will be filing some superbike contact a little bit down the road on the race talk so keep an eye out for that yeah, looking forward yeah, to it. Address, address to Dale Rogers. Yeah, yeah Dale's a big star. No, genuinely loves his superbike racing. G'day, Dale. Uh, uh, it was nice to see Dale at uh, the racetrack. Uh, just on the Phillip Island Classic, um, Jack Perkins was due to drive the h uh Castrol car, but unfortunately, uh, the life of someone doing home renovations, uh, unfortunately, he's broken his leg. So, saw him um, in the moon boot. Correct. Yeah. So... Despite that, he did a nice job in pit lane on the weekend. So LP in the car with the manual gearbox, and Jack will drive the WAU twenty fifteen HRT car because he can uh, drive it with one foot. But that, that's such as the life of a professional race car driver.
0: Yep, make sure you join us next week when we'll have a uh, preview of the Shannon's Nationals, of which uh, Richard, Mark, and myself will be out. You going to join us, Tom? Absolutely. Why oh, not? Beautiful. All right. Now the Shannon's Nationals on. the not on the podcast. You come down to Phillip Island? No, you come on the podcast first. <laughs> oh, you can come on the podcast no. too. You're more than welcome to. But my question was more about Philip Island.
4: Oh, I'm coming down there as well. Beautiful. ASPK <laughs> this weekend, Phillip Island next weekend. Magical.
0: That's the way to be. Beautiful.
4: All right, guys, we'll catch you next week. Thank
0: you for joining us right here on The Grid.